a playlist original. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. I know it's a little bit different start to the episode today. We're piloting a little new change here over Back to the Blockbuster, flip-flopping intros and outros, and this is uh, your very first time hearing my voice start the episode off, but rest assured, our good pal Gaius is right behind me here. <laughs> yeah I, I am still here i you know it's funny when you uh introduced it uh with your host gaius and jackson i was like i wonder when he introduced it if he's gonna be like no with your host jackson i gaius. did it in my head i tested it out and i just didn't have the confidence i think it works better with your name in front but i it crossed uh, my mind that's funny um yeah, either way either way it works uh it's a team effort for sure and that's why we're uh gonna be flip-flopping this uh I guess now from you know, from now on, uh, yeah, we got a few changes off, off every week. that we're trying out, and uh, a lot of new yeah. changes coming to the show. And it's only our first couple episodes of the year, and excited to deliver some new stuff to you guys. So I'm sure this won't be the last thing you notice that's different, but interesting vibe doing the intro. I think I'm more comfortable in the outro, but uh, so props to your work at the beginning of the episodes, my friend. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I can say the same thing about you with the outro. I think, I think you do that really well. And I, I do remember when we first started, you're like, okay, what do I need to say? And I was just like, oh, like something along these lines. And then when you first did it, I was like, he just did that so fucking effortlessly. Like it, it sounded like he had done it before, well, past the, life as like a radio person. Yeah, perhaps a lot of it is winging it, even this. But it's definitely there's a different, uh, a different, I guess, weight when you do the intro at the beginning. But yeah. it's fun. Yeah, little yeah, switch out. It was it's crazy too because like I recorded a deep dive before we jumped into this, and I have to do the intro and the outro on that. Yeah, uh, it's all on your shoulders. So it's all it's all on me. <laughs> um, which which makes the guests feel very comfortable because they're it's just like they're just along for the ride. Um, yeah, uh, they, they they just come in. They you know their job is just to come in with the movie that we're talking about, and I have to think about that now. Or like oh like I have to be ready to like introduce it and then close mm-hmm. it out. And um, it's different. I, I'm more I'm more comfortable like lobbing up like news stories and like talking like shop like that right um, yeah, yeah yeah but but i think i like i was the uh, one podcast guy i was uh, uh in our podcast group was saying that he has a hard time doing the intro and outro because he's in and his buddy i guess who does a show with him they are like they want something that sounds organic and natural right. and they said every time they do it it's always like it just feels so weird it's like you would think we have a normal conversations like almost every day Right. Like, why can't we introduce each other and close out our show? It's that, easier like... said than done. I'll give <laughs> some credit there. It's definitely the least natural part of the episode, but it comes down to how you how you uh, how you speak it. But yeah, it's not too bad. But I'm interested to have the audience listen in on a little bit uh, an excursion that you were on on the weekend. Uh, you attended an award ceremony that I know that we haven't even had the chance to discuss offline. So this is really my first time hearing about your experience at the Astro Awards on Saturday. So tell us all about that and the people you got to see, which I would have been totally, totally starstruck at hearing the couple of the names that you did mention. But uh, yeah, fill us yeah, in. Yeah, it, w- it, uh, it was a really fun, cool experience. Uh, the Astro Awards are... Put, uh, put together by the Hollywood Creative Alliance, formerly known as the Hollywood Critics Association. Uh, and they are an organization, just in case you guys don't know, of critics, entertainment journalists, content creators, industry insiders, and creatives that uh, come together. And uh, throughout the year, it's a celebration of filmmaking. And, and also, it's not just film, too. Like tonight, they're doing their uh, TV awards uh, ceremony, is tonight, oh, okay. uh, as of this recording. Uh, I'm only in the film branch, and I now, what's interesting, uh, for another website I do stuff for now, Geek, uh, Geek Vibes Nation, I just was told that they want me to do 
be their editor on the TV side. They want to have me organize the TV oh, stuff okay. a little bit more. So like I could be involved. I could have been next year. I could be more involved in the TV side of it. I don't even know if I want to take that on because it's just you are wearing so many hats. It's <laughs> uh, impressive. Too many, <laughs> too many hats. Um, but yeah, it, it gets broken up into they had the uh, the creative part uh, award ceremony, which is like the behind the scenes, like production design, cinematography. That was all on uh, Friday, and then Saturday uh, was the film awards, and tonight as it is recording the TV awards. Um, and it really celebrates like all these awards show the best in uh filmmaking for the entire year but also uh you know they they did a lot of rebranding this year i guess okay i i just i just joined including the name so i just joined in i believe september october i was asked to join then and when i was asked to be a part of it i was told that like there were a lot of changes coming um ahead of the new year so mm-hmm. they were just basically saying, uh, you know, bear with them. And uh, it's a really fun experience, a really fun thing to do. But like you're kind of getting involved in it as they're, you know, bringing new people in and kind of, uh, you know, like with a lot of these, I think, organizations, like they want to make an effort to have more diverse voices included. Um, there was also okay. this big thing about like what makes a critic, you know, is it just uh, someone that writes for a publication? Now there's so many people that, have their own YouTube channels where they review movies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even uh, doing something like with G reels, like that I did like for a long time, that wouldn't have been enough to be considered for any of this kind of stuff. But now the that's landscape all has change. changed so much. Right. Yeah. Um, you have a significant following over there too. Like that seems more than adequate with the audience yeah. you have on G reels. So yeah, yeah. It's a really, you know, kind of, I th- what they decided is that entertainment journalism, there's just it's more than one thing, and I, mm. and I believe that's really good. And I think, um, I know with some groups, they kind of there are some people are more old school, and they want to, hey, only writers should be a part of this. Writers that write for trade publications, websites, um, that have that kind of background and following. But I mean, I think, like you said, the whole landscape of all this stuff has changed, and yeah, and a visual medium too is becoming more prevalent. Like the YouTube stuff is huge. And some yep, people TikTok have made too, right? Yeah. TikTok is another, there are people that seriously review movies within a minute, a minute and a half or yep. maybe a little longer on TikTok, And they have a big following from doing that. And that is another thing that is widely considered. And a lot of those content creators are being invited to mm. premieres and uh, festivals and all that stuff, because it's just, how things are now and they they were acknowledging that change and wanted more of those voices to be included in that so that is why the rebranding not just calling it a critics association but a creative alliance where it's you know it's more than just film criticism it's more than one type of criticism right Uh, because having more creative minds be involved in the organization i think is what they're trying to get at with it heading into the new year um but uh i mentioned before that um for a lot of the places I write for, I don't meet any of these people in person at all. Mm. Uh, it's just, you know, message boards and Zoom, occasional Zoom meetings and stuff. And I got to hang out with a lot of those people um, at the ceremony on uh, Saturday and actually interact with them. And it was great because it wasn't awkward. It was very natural. Right. The um, venue looked great. You, yeah, once, yeah, the Biltmore uh, Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, if you live in L.A., uh, apparently it's a uh, – uh, I'm glad we uh, 
actually are doing this right now. Because I forgot to mention that apparently they filmed some of Ghostbusters there. I, I found that out while I no was there. No way. Uh, oh, sweet. Uh, so uh, they filmed a few other movies there as well. And once you're in like the actual like venue and like see some of the rooms and all that, it you were like, oh yeah, I, I remember that. Especially in Ghostbusters, like it was like uh, pretty obvious after it was said to me. I was like, oh, that's, right. that's really cool. So it, it has a lot of like film history attached to it um, in the heart of downtown LA. So thankfully, me and my date Ubered and didn't drive because I did not want to deal with uh, oh boy the traffic situation <laughs> or the parking situation because uh, you don't live here Jackson but I'm pretty sure you're even familiar with the stereotype of LA traffic and it yeah. is yeah it's brutal and at the time we were going at like three o'clock it was pretty brutal so I was just happy to like sit back in an Uber and not have to worry about uh Getting there, dealing with yeah. traffic, and also the park, put, and the, the parking situation too, would have been awful as well. <laughs> to put things into perspective, <laughs> uh, in my little town of Fredericton, which services our population uh, throughout the day, we service about a hundred thousand people, maybe between ninety to hundred thousand. We don't even have uh, Uber as a platform here; it's not even functioning oh, here. So that's uh, yeah, we have. I know there's not even any rideshare apps that you can access. In you just have so. just like regular, regular like regular old cabs. Stuff. Yep, exactly. Oh, or luckily, or a DD. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Oh, oh exactly. Well, hard, hard to rely on a DD here in LA. At least where I live, <laughs> we're uh, in the past. <laughs> no, 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 no one wants to commit to being the DD. And. uh I don't know. It's just an LA thing, but some of them turn their nose up to regular cabs. They're like, "Oh, I don't want to take it." Right. <laughs> like yeah, really, such like, a gamble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although but, I have ridden in yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool not to worry, and it was cool not to stress about all that. So like when we got there, um, it was just everything was just run efficiently. I was really surprised because usually sometimes with these kind of things, I like I've done not award shows, but I've done different like comic cons and stuff like that, and it's a big thing to put on and be organized and have it move the way it needs to move. And then you're also yeah. like checking in numerous like So there you're checking in all the members who are part of the organization, but then there was also press that had to check in and also the talent that was there who was checking in and they were trying to make sure that we were all kind of like not separated because they didn't want us to interact, but like they didn't want it to eventually converge into like its own little traffic jam trying to get everybody right. inside. Um, so everyone that was part of the organization was really good about being on time. Uh, we were all there when we need to be there uh, with our respective guests. Press got there when they need to get there and talent got there when they need to get there. A lot of them walking around, talking to everyone, not keeping to themselves necessarily, which kind of surprised me to see you know, people like Willem DeVoe just walking around talking to people. Clint Howerton from uh, Always Sunday in Philadelphia, who's in Blackberry. He, uh, received an award for the night too as well he was walking around talking to everyone the wow. cast of the color purple the cast of the color purple was definitely walking around talking yeah. to everyone um so it was kind of cool that it wasn't so formal uh it was a little bit more loose uh and fun and it was just kind of cool to be around people that were all like-minded and uh right. that all have this kind of appreciation for uh filmmaking it also gave me like a bigger uh not that i don't think i necessarily need a bigger drive to do what i do because i do a, a, i do it a lot for different people but right it made me more uh i guess determined to like i guess make myself better because like, you always want to like be a little bit better it doesn't matter like even if you feel like you you feel like you've done it all which is why people are like why do you write for so many outlets because all of them are different and i learned right. different things from 
working for them. Um, of course, some I prioritize over others because you know, I'm like yeah. paid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and I, you know, of course, it's great to get paid as a writer, and that's always been like kind of the dream. So that's good as well. But Absolutely. yeah, there's so many different types of people there. Uh, and, but all there for the very uh, same reason. And that was a really cool thing about the whole experience and Definitely. getting to see uh, a lot of these people who you watch on in film uh, in person yeah. was so you were a in trip. the same room as Willem Dafoe, who just today actually well, as of recording got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Hollywood Walk least, of Fame. Yeah, according to IndieWire's and Instagram re- anyway. Yeah, and he received uh, you know basically a career excellence award, just kind of highlighting his per- career. And uh, I kind of like I said, I forgot he's been nominated for four Academy Awards, <laughs> and he's had like a crazy career and it's done all different types of movies, and just a really funny guy. But you can tell that he really respects the craft as well, right? Um, which was really cool. It was also a really good showcase of like young up and coming talent. I just actually watched. Uh, uh, it's me, got oh, it's me, Margaret. Right? That movie with uh, Rich yeah, McAdams yeah, yeah. and yep. the young girl, the young girl who uh is the lead got the uh Star on the Rise award. And I don't know, I I think she was like 12 or 13 when she got the part, so she's not oh, that wow. much older now. But like, I was just thinking, like, to be as poised as a teenager or someone yeah. that young. I can't even imagine being that way <laughs> at that age. No, I definitely, definitely wasn't. Uh, and I just kind of see like up and coming talent like that. Uh, Danielle Brooks, who's in the color purple, she also got a breakthrough award. That these were some of the awards they set up before the ceremony. Okay. And you know, this is someone who you know was in the Broadway version of a color purple, uh, but this is like her first feature film, and uh, you know, it's a feature film produced by Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey. Pretty big deal, pretty big deal. And she's just talking about how like she didn't know she could kind of dream these possible these moments and she i thought it was really cool that she told this story is that she talked about how her mom and she started crying a little bit but she was talking about how her mom and what she found out what she wanted to do which was you know acting dance all that stuff mm. her mom never hesitated and just put her in any class she could put her in had her go to any school that would like you know would like develop that talent there was never any like question in her mind about like oh you can't do this so it's a fool's dream that kind of thing so she that's a really cool story to hear too because you need that kind of right. encouragement i have that kind of encouragement from my parents so it's a really cool you know story to tell uh, as well and jeffrey wright also uh won something for american fiction oh no way uh he was there and he he said some great things he, his his speech was great also i hadn't i didn't really i mean i've seen him in so many movies but dude's mm. voice is like butter i mean it's like i i was like <laughs> like i Everyone in the room was just like sitting, like with their hands down, like listening, just yeah. With it. yeah, like, like almost like a Barry White <laughs> kind of like kind of thing going for him, but yeah. also like someone who like pounded the pavement very early on and uh, is doing movies that he loves. Uh, the writer and director of that movie also had a really good speech and talked about uh, just how important it is to like support independent filmmakers and small ideas. Movies that don't necessarily cost two hundred million dollars to make, like mm. finding people that pay attention to that little movie that you know you might not think it might get any traction, but it could, and mm. that's what happened with American Fiction for him. And uh, it was a lot of stories like that. It was really cool uh, to kind of hear. 
And Greta Gerwig was there. She accepted oh, shit. Her, her, her best original screenplay award for uh, Barbie in person. Okay. She's, she's very funny uh, as well. And, uh, very quirky personality, but uh, works. Uh, and she was also very appreciative of just what Barbie is meant to so many people and mm-hmm. the, ac- the accolades that it has received and all that as well. Uh, Mark Ronson was there for the music because I'm just kidding. One best original song. Okay. Uh, Haley Haley Steinfeld was also there. Um, very gorgeous in person. I bet. Uh, yeah. Uh, she won for best voiceover uh, for uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Right. Uh, and and said she's very excited to get to work very soon on uh, the next one. Which I like, which is crazy. I guess they haven't done any uh, voice recordings for it at all yet because because the strike kind of stopped that. Yeah, for sure. That which is, movies had some issues, it, but which is why it got delayed. And they also celebrated that the movie itself won best animated feature. So all those guys were there to accept it. And then um, it also uh, Daniel Pepperdine, who does like who was involved like the music and all that, uh, was also there to accept the award. And hmm. uh, just a lot of interesting, really cool talent in the room. And yeah, no doubt. Quite the experience. I got some flack from some friends for not taking my brother or my buddy Justin, who goes to the Oddly enough, enough, my brother's name, oddly enough, my brother is named Justin, and my best friend is named Justin. And we go we go go to the movies the most together. Right. And but I wanted to take a girl because, like, I don't know. (laughs) It felt like it felt like the right thing to take a girl to. Fair enough. uh, Yeah. I'd probably say the same way. you know, fun flack. They're like, when's the last time she saw a movie with you? I was like, uh, this is that must have been an interesting experience for, for her, <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, not something she uh really is like she works in fashion, but uh she said this was much different. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Kind of ex- much different kind of experience. And then I was told that for all of these moving forward that she has to be the one to go. So maybe my brother will never go to one of these. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. let's, I want to normalize bringing three people instead of uh, yeah, a little pod. Just two. Well, yeah. uh, but but it was a lot of fun, and uh, I know crazy, not movie related story. I ran into this guy that used to live in Hermosa Beach. Uh, I hadn't seen him in years, and he was the person that was supplying all the wine at the event. Okay, and I and I and I had no idea he even worked in that field. That's an important uh, role. Uh, but like, I kind of like looked up and I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, you know, because uh, those words don't, those worlds don't usually collide because uh, we call like the South Bay, Hermosa, Redondo, Manhattan, like the bubble. We're in okay. LA County. We're in LA County, but we're not in like the greater part of LA. And okay. they all the, all the BCs feel like a small town. So everyone kind of like knows each other. And right. it's hard to get people to go like 10 minutes anywhere. Like, oh, that's too far. Like, they, it's like, we don't want to leave the bubble. <laughs> like, we have everything we need here. So, like, I never expect to see anyone I know from the area at any of these places. Usually, I, I see. Um, so, it was a, a nice surprise running into him as it well. It could still and be a small was, world even out in L.A., I guess. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it was fun. I was happy to have gone. I have more videos and stuff to post on our podcast pages and right. on g reel so you'll Sweet. see a lot of that um i was actually happy that we ha- i didn't have like great service during the show like no one really did because everyone was trying to use their phones at the same time so oh, i didn't okay, have to really yeah. i really didn't have to focus on posting on social media it was more of a living in i'll the just moment. record i'll, I'll yeah. record it and like and like deal with it later um right so i was kind of happy to kind of be in the moment uh in it so 
yeah, but yeah. funny. You remember? I wish you. I wish way. you could share these kind of experiences. Uh, I know that would have been a dream come true. Maybe one day. You never know. I we've teased it a bunch. I definitely have ambitions to get out to the West Coast for visits, if not permanently. But that's a pipe dream, well down the road. But I'm sure <laughs> we'll we'll find time to get out there and, and attend some stuff together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. It, it's it's definitely it's hilarious the distance from truly between us and how we make things work it's yeah it's quite yeah uh, and yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that people still are learning that there is a bunch of like a huge uh piece of land between us <laughs> they're like uh, <laughs> yeah i was like he uh, he's nowhere near la not even like not even uh, close <laughs> not even close but i do think if he did live here there would be competition on who i would go see movies with uh <laughs> i probably have to like I don't know, maybe sure we would see all go most together. things together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But yeah, it's it's always yeah. a toss up between my brother and my buddy Justin. And mm -hmm. yeah, they I try to get priority to my brother. He's blood, but you know. Yeah, exactly. Family. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that oh, was the experience. It's fun. I can't wait to see the videos actually like posted too, because I, I saw a little glimpse on your Instagram that night, some pictures and stuff, but the videos would be cool yeah. to see. Looking forward yeah, to that. For sure. So you guys can stay yeah, tuned to all, that on the on the on the page. And I uh, and I've cut and I covered it in written form for a couple of outlets. So that I'll post links up to that to, sweet. So you guys can like read all about it. So yep, that was right. my experience there. Right on. Well, um, so on our second sort of switch up, I guess it's kind of subtle, might not even be noticeable, but uh, we've got a different little approach to our news segment here because this is a news episode. Um, so we got a few points that we're hammering at you guys today, uh, sort of bullet form, which isn't too dissimilar from how we cover news in the past. We got some developments. I know it's it's kind of felt like somewhat of a slow first week to 2024. There's definitely been um, some news, yeah. not too much in the in the vein of new releases. Um, but there are a couple points we want to rapid fire at you guys today. And uh, I mean, there's some of these developments are smaller than others. Some we have more to say than others, um, again, which is yep. been the case over the last year. But uh, sort of summarizing the week in film is our approach to the news episodes here lately. So we're piloting this, seeing how that goes. I'm really excited to jump into this first one. Um, I'm sure we'll yep. talk about this a little bit. Uh, later on another episode in January. But um, so this first news part that came out um, is concerning Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Megalopolis, which uh, for those eagle-eared listeners may remember that was on my most anticipated list for 2023. <laughs> and lo and behold, this movie did not release last year. Um, I'm not sure. Yep. I, I'm assuming it was slated originally. I don't remember it actually being officially delayed. I just, it, it never came out. Um but the director, Francis Ford Coppola, has announced it. Uh, it's a little bit vague, but he did say this week um, it is slated to appear early 2024 is what he said. So very much looking forward to his long in the making epic. Megalopolis. He self-financed this movie, if I recall, like uh, uh, an absurd amount of his own money. He sold quite a bit of his stake in uh or his winery like his wine yeah business to, to finance this movie and it's it, it went suffered a lot of production delays i'm sure covid was a uh, was part of that i don't know what the other maybe financing was an issue but it's been in the making it's been a passion project to his for a very long long time um and yep. so we've seen some shots of it um but very much looking forward to it. apparently it's coming out sometime early this year so that was a big so story so when someone says early 24, 2024, what does that mean why, to you? I, I, I'm glad you said it. That was vague because like, yeah, I mean, it certainly won't be this month, but like when you go like February, March, 
April? Is that still considered early 2024? I think because April's if you, your cutoff. Yeah, because if you're going, if we're getting towards May and June, then it's, that's not early 2024. Certainly um, not. That would so say I'm guessing mid, mid anywhere between February and April is what I'm guessing. And yes, here do you think there's anything to that? Not specific date, not even a month given. Do you think there's more than meets the eye with that announcement? Has that crossed your mind? It could be working on like completely finishing it in post uh i mean i know it went into production in november 2022 rap shooting oh, okay. in march and rap shooting in march 2023 uh oh yeah and they said that he has been editing tinkering etc since then so it could be just he probably is just like martin scorsese and uh fair enough know, and, the, and the editing process is very uh lengthy he was honest yeah. and said that the movie would not reach audiences in 2023 uh and uh but now that with that confirmation, he actually confirmed this. Uh, it was via uh, a podcast. It said on the podcast, the director confirmed that his latest feature will indeed hit theaters in 2024. It's only going to be a few months and it'll be out. Coppola said that's yeah, great better. news, but also raises many other pressing questions, says uh, Playlist. Uh, well, it's funny, I am reading this on a website called Playlist. Uh, <laughs> given, it says, given that Mega Oblis is a self-budgeted movie, what will, what will distribution be like? Will a studio step up and, and to help it out? Will Coppola finance that himself too? Because not only do you have to finance the movie, then you have to finance distribution as well. Oh boy, that's, that's the case. Beast. And then they said, "And what about a trailer? And how long is a few months?" Thank you. Uh, Coppola premiere Megapolis as early as the Cannes Film Festival in May. So they're they're saying May is uh, their cutoff. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the director did not elaborate, only adding, "All I can say is I love the actors in it. It's unusual and it's never boring. Other than that, you need to wait." and see and uh by wait and see when he talks about the actors that are involved in it uh we have adam driver uh forrest whitaker natalie emmanuel john voight Lawrence fishburne aubrey plaza shia labeouf and uh chloe Feynman. uh and, but then they go but that's not all we also have Catherine hunter dustin hoffman db sweeney uh talia shire jason schwartzman bailey ives grace vanderwall james remar and Giancarlo Esposito. That is a huge, right. huge. That's class an ensemble. Of, Holy. Of really, really great actors. Um, I really want that to see the light of day because it sounds the cast sounds really great. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, and they said last May that he downplayed set difficulties with crew members, uh, saying, "From my point of view, I was on schedule, which on a big, difficult movie is hard to do." I love my actors, and there's not one of them I would change. The movie has a style that went beyond my expectations. That's sincerely how I feel. The most important thing is the life the film might have when eventually it cuts together and blossoms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it just based on the cast alone. Exactly. And uh, and, and it's Francis Ford Coppola. And, right. you know, he's a kind of director at this point that can self-finance his movies and do what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, there are certain act uh, directors when they get a certain age and have a certain filmography, they can do whatever the hell they want. He is one of them. Scorsese is another. Clint Eastwood, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. So Ter- well, he's not old, but I, I guess we throw Terrence. Old, but probably the same status. I'm sure he. Could, yeah. I'm sure he could just approach the studio Nolan. with an idea. Nolan, of course. Maybe yeah. David Fincher, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it just based on just interest and in seeing what he's put together. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, I've heard him before describe the movie as big and difficult. And but you know, hopefully, it will all be worth the wait. 
Yeah. Yeah. So guys, like you said, early 2024, a few months, that could be anywhere between February and May. Maybe June. When you're old, you make your own rules. And if he wants, yeah. if he wants June to be early 2024, then so be it. Yeah. Well, rest assured, we'll our ears will be, you know, to the channels. We will be, de- you know, delivering any developments that do come. Hopefully, sooner than later, and then eventually a trailer will have to come uh, soon. Maybe by March, if we're being hopeful. And then, yeah, soon, sometime throughout this year, we'll be discussing Megalopolis, and cannot wait for that movie. Yeah, and uh, yeah. hopefully you'll be able to put it on your most anticipated. It won't get knocked off this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so gotta go through those. And, I'm sure it's the shuffle. And you, yeah, and then yeah. you. Won't, I I want you to be able to use it, unlike last year when you didn't weren't able to use or right. you wanted to, but then it got delayed. Right. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen to you again this year. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got on the uh, good old. For Peaky Blinders fans are going to be happy to hear that uh, showrunner Stephen Knight, who's been busy with some other projects, uh, including the final season of the show, which aired, I believe, 2023. Might have been 2022. I know that the release was split amongst uh, America and Britain. But um, so finally, we got some news regarding the show's spinoff. He has announced the spinoff of Peaky Blinders or the show or the movie, rather. Uh, is going to begin uh, filming in 2024. I believe he was aiming for mid-year. It was vague again, but um, sometime in the summer, <laughs> the, sp- the spin-off yeah. show will be you know, filming in 2024, which is huge news. I don't know about you, Gaius, if we've chatted the show before. I'm a big fan of the show. I've only seen the first five seasons, however. I still got to wrap up the series, but could not be more excited for this. That is a series that is in my top 10 shows, hands down. I've been pestering Cam to start that show i believe it's it's uh high up on his list to begin and i'm honestly i'm already begin um i've been dancing around the idea of re-watching it from the ground up it's just so good it's an easy watch each season six episodes it's not it's not a hefty watch at all and it's fantastic through and through so i feel like i'm gonna like crush your dreams a little bit because oh, I, I i know i know a lot of i've heard great things about it i've just never watched it oh okay and, uh, okay that's not bad uh, oh no no no, no. oh, oh okay. you know, i was gonna say like oh i think it sucks no, no i wasn't gonna do that to you <laughs> um no i've never watched it i've heard really great things about it um mm-hmm. i heard this is not a big of an offense as not having watched like breaking bad no god uh, no <laughs> uh, uh they won't make people nearly as mad but i i do know about it and i've heard good things about it um uh, what's funny about these two stories that we just gave you what's very similar are vague 2024 dates whether it's a release date or a filming start date and both yeah. of these projects in the uh things i pulled up to research it were both called long uh, long uh, gestating projects that have been in development for a while. So uh, that's what those two stories have in common. Yeah. Um, but um, he was talking with the Radio Times and said that I'm just working on the final bits of it at the moment. I just sit down at the keyboard and start. It's a bit like having a dream for me. You sit there and all this stuff comes and then you read it back and think that's pretty good. But where did it come from? The plan is to start shooting that in the middle of uh here so nice good. okay well that's so, promising too um yeah so this i guess this show debuted back in 2013 yes uh i don't even know is that old that i did not know that i do know killian murphy is part of it and uh i feel like that is the role that put him on the map obviously he'd been acting fantastically for years before that but his role as thomas shelby really was pivotal pivotal for his career and it's definitely one of the best tv performances i would argue of all time Everything, yeah. every aspect of that show is great. Like I'd say the highlights of it beyond the acting are like the cinematography and the production design. 
It takes place throughout 19, late 1920s, throughout 1930s, and eventually into the 1940s uh, in England. Uh, and it's yep. centers around an infamous uh, gangster family and all of their various exploits. Uh, and it is incredible to behold. One of my favorite shows, like I said, the movie's going to be fantastic. It's been teased for years. I know it's been in development for a long time, like while the show uh, was still actively being produced. So again, fans yep. of the show, I'm sure are rejoicing right now with that news. I know I am, and certainly going to wrap up season six of that show well before the the movie gets here. But yeah, you honestly make a pledge right now before that movie gets out. You should finish that <laughs> show. It's only like make 36 some episodes. You can do it. I know you you can do it. Okay, I can it. And I just pulled I just put up this Wikipedia page and like just saw all the people who have been attached. Insane. To Tom Hardy has actors. a great supporting role Tom, in that show. Tom Hardy, yeah. Adrian Brody, Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is crazy. And uh, what's interesting is that um, Finn uh, Finn Cole, who is also on that show, I know Finn Cole from uh, Animal Kingdom on TNT. I used to oh. watch that show like a lot. Um, uh, that it's a, that's a great series. I didn't know that he was doing yeah. those at the same time. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't, had no idea all these people were attached. Uh, yeah, to great yes. cast. It's put you know some people started some actors' careers that they've been known from that show. It, the guy that I can't remember his name. A, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it was. Oh, carried, I don't think it was their production, but it was carried on Netflix. No, it, yeah, it yeah. says it was acquired. They acquired the rest of the show in the United States and around the world. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. All right, yeah. so easy watch. Yeah, and you like it. Yeah, you number, and number of episodes up. across six seasons is thirty six. Yeah, you're right. So that yep. is a that is really easy. I that would have to be making all kinds of horrible excuses not to watch it. Like even to start with a season. That's like that's like a in, that's like a yeah. That's like a couple like almost a night. All right, I, I, before yeah. I go to bed, spend a weekend watching six hours and get that first season in, and I guarantee you won't stop it. Like, uh, and I would say that to any audience member listening that hasn't started, that's been thinking, mm, do I watch Peaky Blinders? If you're thinking starting a new series, like why not make it that show? Can't recommend yeah. it anymore and that's that's got the stamp of approval from myself for sure i want to uh only to hold myself accountable i want to make a podcast pledge with you is that i will this year i will watch that and i will also start watching breaking bad oh my god yes you uh, yeah just made my day i really hope uh, I, if you need me to you know to back you up on that and get get me to pledge something start thinking about it and if you start those two shows I, I the least i could do would be to to get in on a project that you that i haven't seen that you need me to so that right. that's a big haul because bringing bad is definitely more episodes but it's yeah. it's mandatory viewing man you got to get it in this is the year yeah i gotta do it <laughs> uh, it's been it's been that i mean and there's there's other ones too there's game of thrones i know i need to do oh that my as well God. i know i know i know i know just i'm killing you <laughs> just stop so, killing you softly with yeah <laughs> oh uh, uh yeah there's a lot of stuff to watch yeah there's a lot <laughs> i know i know i can't harp there's tons of stuff i haven't seen cams on my case i i i'm not done the wire i've kind of took a hiatus from oh, that show that's, what, that's my I mom's know. favorite show right like, yeah we've talked like, about it before here with like I, zero hesitation she's just like what's your favorite show the wire <laughs> there's yeah. no like break they're like no thinking about it it's uh, it, it consistently ranks in like the greatest shows of all time and i don't know why i'm sitting on my ass about it but i gotta get to it so, um i believe let's start thinking on, about what you I, want me to watch i will i will actually i think variety actually had peaky blinders on their list of they had like a big list of like the best shows yeah, uh, 
it earns yeah, a spot. I think Piggy Blinders was on there. I think the wire was all, I think every show we discussed right now, Piggy Blinders, the yeah. wire, and Game of Thrones were all on their list. So uh yeah, I will I will make that pledge. And then since it's in recorded in here and yeah. it's gonna live in it, it live, live in infamy across different uh podcast channels, uh <laughs> that will hold me accountable. Perfect. I will it really is like as simple as doing like a couple like a night or yeah. like doing once like a, you start, you won't stop. It's easy. Yeah. All right, what else do we got on uh little weekly agenda? You know, may you may know more about this next one than I do. I know I put it on here to talk, to talk about, but for those of you who are probably getting familiar with the name of this Greek filmmaker, Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, he his movie Poor Things from 2023 just uh got a couple awesome awards at the Golden Globes yesterday as of uh recording, but his next movie which was shot while poor things was in post-production uh, we got our first look at yeah. i honestly don't know much more about it other than it's already gone through a name change and i think we discussed this um well it was we called were... and i think and which is what uh, i thought gonna... for things i mixed these movies up but uh it's now been called um is it kinds uh, of kindness kind, kind, kinds kinds of kindness uh I don't know what that's all is, about which is which is better than and but it's a very it's also very a much twister, so. if you, if you yeah both um, are strange uh, in their own way but that's he's a strange filmmaker well he's a strange filmmaker um <laughs> and like i said like when we talked about his movies before the favorite is his most accessible of his movies but even <laughs> yeah. it, even even that is still like offbeat oh, and kind of weird but yeah. it like if, if i was to recommend i don't even know if i would recommend the favorite first because i feel like if i was like hey like you should watch that yeah, and then they well, would like, you? Okay, well, that was well. They're all weird. I mean, I I would want to turn anyone off right away. Um, yeah, he's I, a I, filmmaker. You got to buy in, or you're not. Like I not like Killing a Sacred Deer and all that. Yeah. I I like his movies. Like I appreciate how weird he is. Yeah. Um, more power to you, but definitely hard to recommend him to like the casual movie. Exactly. <laughs> I think he is like uh, the front runner for like one of those directors um, who is truly, there's nobody else making movies like he is right now. I, I don't think none that come to mind anyway. He's truly original. All his movies yeah. are completely wacky concepts, all very much original. You are very absurdist and in their plots and you got to kind of go in knowing that to, to buy in. I Cam yeah. and I were just talking today about, how bad of a rewatch we're due for for the lobster so i think that will be an imminent watch for me coming up because that movie is hilarious they're all offbeat so comedies it, it, all those movies. they're all really offbeat um yeah what okay what would you go with if you were like hey like watch check this guy movies. out <laughs> would, you, would you go would you go like yo just start from the beginning or just like i oh, haven't I'm seen going. dog tooth that's his only movie i haven't seen um okay i would say yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go with the favorite as much as it's his most accessible movie. Uh, I would probably go with Killing of a Sacred Deer, maybe because it would a lot of A24 fans would be familiar with it. It's got a pretty recognizable cast, and I'm glad. Yeah. This is a great segue. I was watching a video right before we were recording, and I think I finally resolved the debate about our boy oh, Barry. About the name? Oh, yes. Okay, all right, and he all right, is in Killing of a Sacred Deer. There, and yeah. so the interview that I was watching was between Barry and Jacob Elordi talking about Saltburn, and they were like interviewing each other. And Jacob Elordi kept referring to him as Barry Keoghan, 
which is how you pronounce right. it. That's how I, pronounce I think it. that's right. it. I think it's Barry Kogan. I always thought it was Keegan, and I know we've kind of used both intermittently, but and we, and and we he didn't correct them. So I'm gonna say that it that to was our boy, our boy Barry, yeah. so we don't like mess it up. Exactly. Uh, all right. Yeah, I feel like Keegan. he would have corrected Jacob E. Lordy if he was wrong. So there we go. Or like, and, and Jacob would know how to address him. That they were filming. Yeah, the if, they friends, that, if they so. worked that, if they worked, if they worked that long together. Yeah. Oh, did you know that uh, Emerald? wanted timothy chalamet for that they part dis- they discussed that in that and interview then, yeah and jacob alordi was like oh what about barry and i i could you know what i think he'd be good but i think i posted on my instagram story that like huh. barry kyogen barry kyogen gives the impression like something's not quite right like right away yeah and he and Tim- sacred deer is a great role for him to express that that's where he like started yeah. in that sort of wacky yeah vision he's got um i don't buy timothy chalamet i think he's like an incredible actor I yeah. don't know if I buy that. Maybe it's unbiased. I've seen Saltburn with Barry in the role, but I don't know if I yeah. get that unhinged vibe from Timothy Chalamet. He's still got to prove he it. He certainly to me. hasn't played anything like that. That's what he's I'm a, saying. He's a, he's, he's a really great actor, though. But he's never. I've never seen him do anything like that. So, I mean, uh, the closest I would say would be Bones and All from 2022. Oh, yeah, but, but it's not but, quite the same level. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, but what could have been? I mean, I guess it still would have been a good movie. But yeah, for sure. I'm right glad Barry got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is currently still editing the movie. He talked about it at a, uh, during the uh, Golden Globes press conference after the uh, Poor Things won uh, Best Musical or Comedy. Um, Emma Stone's in the movie, marking the third time they have worked together. He's about to get her another Oscar nomination. So that yeah. means, so she's been nominated Birdman, La La Land, which she won for The Favorite. And now this, so now I mean, oh wait, wait, she hasn't Holy. been nominated yet. But she hasn't been nominated yet. But, sorry, almost, no undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. So that she, I mean, and then you know, two of them, you know, will be coming from the same uh, director. Should she right. get nominated for poor things? So, uh, you know, there are certain directors that seem like they find their muse or their creative. Like you know, I was about person. to use I, the word muse, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I think Emma Stone is his. Um, and he also said the movie is three contemporary stories, and there is a core of actors, seven total, who play one character in each story. So they'll play three different characters, according to the director. That's cool. Uh, That's a cr- really cool approach. Uh, William Defoe is also in the movie, nice. um, and he uh, he says that we'll have uh, something for you very soon. Yeah, he promised during this presser at the Golden Globes. Uh, and I, looking at the rest of the cast, too, uh, Hunter Schaefer, who is on, uh, she's on Euphoria. Uh, Jesse mm. Plemings, uh, Margaret Qualley, uh, Hung Chow, who was nominated last year for The Will for Best right. Supporting Actress. Uh, yeah, a lot of really great, solid people in here. I'm assuming that, this, assuming that this movie will be just as weird, but still just as fun as his other movies yeah. as well. I can't um, wait. Bring it on. He is crazy. And, that's, and, and for someone like Emma Stone, like, to just come off of like working with him on, you know, poor thing, like some actresses want to like venture off or actress who want to venture off and work with other people but i guess mm. she's like if i've if i'm hitting like a stride with a certain director i wouldn't mind working with them over and over again so yeah like makes sense all the power to them. that's a great couple again about to get her a second oscar nomination or her, yeah. with him at least four total yeah. a very right. accomplished different yeah you're up for uh, this next uh, one this was your news article uh yeah so uh steven uh yuin who is on was on the walking dead he was also in nope and uh he just won a golden globe uh for best actor in limited series as of this recording it was yesterday on sunday for beef um he was 
what's interesting about him being cast in Thunderbolts, it wasn't officially announced, but uh oh, he was okay. definitely I didn't know that. He, he he but he was definitely a, a part of it because they would have they would have put the kibosh on that story because a lot of make like big trades like the hot reporter variety all reported it that he was in it but they didn't make an official announcement of what he was going to be doing and i guess they were eventually he's supposed to play a character called century in thunderbolts who in the comic book is uh caucasian and blonde so i i don't know if there was any uh that 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 typical like racial discourse that happens sometimes when that kind of casting happens i didn't see any of it i didn't see anything maybe behind the scenes i don't know so and good that we didn't see it if i you know yeah that, that's great and uh, like you know he is a really really talented actor um uh also uh and Oscar on fire too, right but... now yeah from renari was it yeah from Mari, yeah so yeah Which, he uh yeah. he is on a roll um he, he really wanted to be great. a part of a marvel movie but he had to drop out of thunderbolts because uh the sag absolute strike created a bunch of delays thunderbolts hasn't even started filming yet and right. i'm guessing uh because of those delays and it interferes with other projects that he signed mm-hmm. on for uh so he can't be a part of it uh, this was this was actually a big blow for a lot of people that really were excited for him to be in it um mm. and a lot of people are excited for the concept of thunderbolts because it really is like it seems like the marvel's kind of answer to the suicide squad but it's like their right. version of it um I, I was looking forward to him being in it. It would have been cool to have him in it. Um, but yeah, it sucks that we were still feeling even these kind of casualties from the strike where certain actors sign on for stuff mm-hmm. and uh, delays happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were saying that this, this is a this doesn't bode well for Marvel to have like one of the first big news stories for them in January to start off the year is like they're losing <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, a big yeah, up and coming actor. Looking article, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, he is on top of the world right now. I, luckily, too, just on the note of Minari, uh, which I believe I can't remember if it was a 2021 or 2022 uh, release. Do you remember? Uh, Point I is, though, I bring it up because I got very fortunate, and around Boxing Day, I was out just browsing movies. Oh, wow. and 20, 2020, apparently. 2020. Oh wow, oh, longer man. It's a whole it's a whole pandemic uh, time thing. warp thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got a brand new blu-ray from it at my local movie store for 10 bucks and i was like snag oh, really? that so really interested to in seeing that um he's been i've always enjoyed him since the early seasons of walking dead and didn't really see him break out into movies until minari seemed like the first mainstream uh like theatrical role that he had um, been in and he like piloted that and um yeah. he got the oscar nomination from that movie Yep. I believe. Yeah. So, and now he's yeah, just he been did, riding yeah. that high since then. So, I mean, I am not upset about his departure from, if you can call oh, yeah, it that. Because we, know, I, cause, cause we know how you feel about, you know, really good actors get attached to it. <laughs> I, and like, that's great. There already are some great actors attached to it, but I'm, I think that it's just a, with Marvel, like not even a negative or positive thing, but regardless, like joining that cinematic universe, not i don't know if pigeonhole is the right word but it locks actors down into this role uh for yeah. sometimes years at a time that we've seen in the past and i would like to see him continue uh this streak that he's on in other smaller independent projects so interested to see what he'll be doing um instead of thunderbolt so i'm not that shaken up by that departure but regardless interesting story um didn't know that he wasn't officially signed on though yeah. so that's kind of a curveball yeah i think i you know the 
I kind of agree with you too. I mean, it would be. I mean, he seems like the interview that he gave on the he he was on the event where he confirmed that he was not going to be in it. Oh, he okay. says he really does. He said he does want to do a Marvel movie, and I don't know if that's just because that's what you say when you're in his position, or if he really wants to be yeah. a part of one. Um, Doesn't want to burn a bridge, like probably. He, it seemed like he was excited to be a part of it, and maybe mm. like what what was presented to him, like what that film was going to be, was maybe uh, maybe a little bit different from uh, what we've been getting from them lately. Uh, so there could be that, but mm. I mean, I I don't even know. I don't even know if there's any talks on who will uh, replace him um, or anything right. like that. Um, and it's crazy because this movie. I remember when this movie got announced, and it's uh, a while ago now. It still has. Yeah, this still hasn't started filming yet. Uh, He's getting but, delayed. Uh, That's another thing I think is a factor. Like the easy job that it used to be joining uh, the MCU. That's not been the case lately. We've seen, and that's not all the studio's fault. Like pandemic was a big part of that. And then the strikes pushing movies back. And like you said, this movie's been greenlit for a while now and cameras have not started yeah. rolling. It doesn't seem like it's the guaranteed work that it might've been a couple of years ago. So I'm thinking that may have been i don't know this is purely speculation but might have been a factor right. who knows but y'all you also have a lot of other good people to look forward to that movie yeah Morris exactly Pugues in it Seb sebastian stan uh uh daniel uh harbour ryan yep. russell I, he's 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 good in that right. universe so far maybe not in the night swim universe but <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's uh dead in the water that's dead in the water yeah yeah we're, um, we're gonna we'll talk we're gonna be talking about that a little and shortly in oh god yeah office. unfortunately uh, um and i guess i'll I guess i'll introduce this next one which yes. is kind of similarly uh themed uh but someone else's uh misfortune is someone else's uh good fortune because mm. uh andrew garfield was attached to be or was actually signed on to be in uh guillermo del toro's frankenstein adaptation for netflix but he had to pull out because of scheduling conflicts and replacing him as uh, Frankenstein's monster is Jacob Elordi. Ooh, I didn't realize that was the role he was in. Oh, yeah, uh, who, who is having a moment? Um, yes, he is. Uh, he is joining in the movie. Oscar Isaac is playing the title character. Also, Christoph Waltz is in this movie, and uh, Mia Goth, uh, who mm. uh, is racking up an impressive filmography of her Instant own. Instant hit. It's an hit. Um, kind of wish it wasn't a Netflix movie. I wish it kind of was like a theatrical thing, but um, uh, yeah, that, that's, just, well, that's just me being nitpicky. I, I know, but yeah, I know that he's another director, Guillermo del Toro, that has this uh working relationship with Netflix that I just wish they didn't. It's great that you know he's able to consistently put out projects with them, but we're neglected from this theatrical release, which pisses me off. David Fincher being another one. Um, and yeah. I didn't realize until he said it that it was a Netflix production, but it doesn't surprise me because he did his cab cabinet of curiosities uh, sort of anthology series with Netflix and um, and Pinocchio, yeah. right? It was a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say about that? Oh yeah. About Andrew Garfield leaving this role. What on earth is he working on that he's not doesn't want to work with Guillermo del Toro on this? Well, not Toro. that he doesn't want yeah. to, but what is he leaving? I don't know. Him for? I, I, I couldn't right? find anything, like, anything concrete. Uh, a lot of Marvel nerds are hoping it's some kind of Spider Man oh, cameo uh, oh. or some kind of Marvel cameo. I, I but a, I, a role like a cameo over uh, a, like a such a huge it, role in it, one of the greatest Guillermo del right Toro. Now. And I think That's, he was very excited to work with Guillermo del Toro too. So I, uh, yeah, that has yeah. questions raised for myself. Sounds like both of us. 
That's funny because my my buddy uh, sent me a text that was very similar to what you just said. Like, what the hell is he working on that he can't like right? make time to make time for this? Like, it like, better be something equally as good or better. <laughs> and right. that that is true. But uh, Jacob Elordi, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit. You know, his comments about the Kissing Booth movies that he was in, <laughs> and, and him taking his shit, on, him taking his shit on those, even though like no one would know who he is initially. That was his big break here. Uh, he right. was guy was practically living out of his car before he got those movies, so you might want to be like a little humble. I guess I didn't realize um, that about him. I know that was his start, yeah, but I didn't he know was his circumstances. Struggling, before. very much a struggling actor, like living that typical struggling actor dream uh, uh, when he mm-hmm. got the Kissing Booth movies. Um, but to his credit, after the Kissing Booth movies, he got Euphoria, which earned him like a lot of critical praise uh right. i'm there i'm guessing he's still attached to euphoria because they have one more season at least uh there is going to be a time jump uh on that i guess so okay. maybe there is room to like maybe there is room to write him out if they need to i haven't heard whether he's coming back or not officially but i'm assuming the whole main cast is coming back for because i can't imagine euphoria lasting beyond this next season i don't, there, I don't know if we can go anywhere uh, further no. with it um but uh so he has that, and then 2023, he had Priscilla playing Elvis Presley, and he had Saltburn, and he was... Uh, I watched Priscilla uh, last week. Oh, um, nice. So we had some issues, but it's good, and he's actually... You know, it, it, to be in the shadow of what Austin Butler did, there's... Yeah. I think that was probably... I think that was kind of hard, but I think he does a really good job, and, um, you know, he's Australian. He covered up the accent really well. I thought he did Oh, really I didn't good. even know he was Australian. Yeah, and he... he looked he looked enough the part to sell it and i thought he was but he also wisely is playing second to the actress that plays priscilla it's her movie right so he's definitely not the yeah he's not the lead so like he does what he needs to do he's he he uh supports her in the best way okay and then saw and then saw burn i thought he did a really good job in that he was great it wasn't like yeah yeah so like yeah he's having i you can tell he's someone that really wants to work with good people and important people and people who are creative and challenge him and yeah i mean i i've gone back and forth about the whole kissing booth comments whether whether <sighs> they were appropriate or not um because i i because i even you were like yeah maybe in poor taste but he has a point um right and, and he did i mean i mean he wants to put out i also didn't listen to it verbatim i don't know exactly what he said just you know the in the vein of what he said but well he basically he took a shit on them he said they weren't like good movies is he wrong Mm. i get what you're saying you know respect where you came from and all that sort of thing but he's still he's back in bed with netflix so i mean they clearly want him i don't know like how that works they're a huge studio i don't know if yeah yeah that was my first that was my first thought when i saw that it was like we're gonna netflix production if they were like oh like if, if any of those same people are involved with like yeah all those decisions but that's kind of funny probably yeah it's interesting like you know you have people like him that said what he said and then you have people that zach efron who's like what's a wildcat always a wildcat like he embraces yeah th- that's another good <laughs> yeah. example of respecting where he, you came from yeah he embraces yeah. high school musical charles melton said the same thing about riverdale he was like <laughs> he co- he compared working on riverdale to like a crash course at juilliard he was like i learned a lot i got to do a lot of different things on that show because like it the format is almost like a soap it's like a nighttime soap basically the oh, way okay. that it's formatted pretty much and we got to do a lot of wacky, crazy things. And it was a good mm. test yeah. to, as an actor. So be more like that instead of being like, yeah, that, that was shit. You can say True. it's shit amongst your friends. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, Speak who, honestly. Who like, yeah. yeah, who were like, yo, did you really like making those movies? And you're like, no, nah, man. Paycheck. Right. <laughs> um, he's also got another movie coming out this, I believe it's this year. There's trailers out um, called He Went That Way. I don't know who's directing it, but he's starring uh, opposite Zachary Quinto. And it seems like he's in a more uh, deranged, unhinged sort of role. And uh, the trailers I saw from it looked, they got my interest. I'm looking forward to it again. It's uh, He yeah. Went That Way, I believe it's called. I don't Have you seen the trailer for that? I haven't, but it was on the list of movies. I read the premise for it. It was on the list of movies that, because we get like uh, for the ones we're going to review, like which ones we are more most interested in reviewing ourselves. Oh, okay. And based on the premise, I was like, I was like five. It I gave it five. So like, I, oh, I would nice. like to review okay. it. So, nice. so yeah, it looks, we'll it looks, it, it sounds, it sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'll check Both that out too. look good in the movie. You know, I appreciate yeah. any actor like him, the Zac Efron's anyone that like could just ride on good looks. They could mm. be like, I don't really need to try. I'm pretty. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I appreciate when they don't. And that goes back to even, in the early days of like someone like Brad Pitt, who could have easily done that too, but always was like, I want to challenge myself as an actor. I want to prove myself as an actor. So mm -hmm. I, I respect that about uh, a lot of these guys who are uh, up and coming and then just trying to do like just really good work that they're proud of, I guess. So, right. And he seems to be doing that. So good for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I believe this brings I, us. I don't, losing it, oh. losing it. Well, losing Andrew Garfield is a bust too, though. I that is a bust. Yeah. I think that, uh, he's a solid actor, and that, I mean that when I saw that cast initially, I was like, "Oh, that's a whole, that's a really good cast with him included." Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a bummer losing out on him. Like Not you said, a terrible replacement, good. though. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hoping that he's working on something great. But um, definitely, if, whenever that news comes out, we'll know yeah. why. Yeah, well, no, if it's Marvel adjacent, I'm gonna throw a fit. I will. I'll be with you. <laughs> if it's anything like that, I'm like, oh, you bad career. But you I don't know. I have faith in yeah. him for making the right career choice. But time will tell. Um, yeah, we shall see. And uh, so we got believe, box office, though, right? Yeah, our first prediction of 2024. And uh, this time around, it is for the Mean Girls Broadway adaptation. Uh, not exactly a remake. I don't know how this classifies. So the, the, the um, infamous 2004 uh, teen comedy um, found new life on Broadway. And that's what this movie coming out is an adaptation of. Am I correct in saying that? That, that is correct. Uh, also, uh, Tina Fey wrote the 2004 movie. She also was involved in the writing for the musical. And it was involved in the writing for this adaptation. I know this is confusing a lot of people who think yeah. it is a remake of the 2004 movie. It's not. Um, some of the trailers have also been trying to hide the fact that this is a musical. They're not really showing a lot of the songs. Mm, uh, pulling a which Wonka. Is, which is a which is very similar to what Waka did, but that worked out for Waka, as I'll I'll mention in, in some of the box office stuff we're gonna talk about. Yeah. But it I it have you seen Mean Girls, the 2004 movie? Oh hell yeah, I love that movie. Oh okay, oh, okay. Yeah, I, big I thought time. it was gonna be one that you were like, no, I haven't seen it, and I was gonna like what oh yeah, um, no, Mean Girls uh, is a classic. That's that's still quoted amongst like my friends and uh, like uh, yeah, peers still. often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's probably one of the most quotable movies I can think of. Oh, it's actually. I enjoy it every time I go back to it. Um, so I quite enjoyed that movie too. But I, I like you, I have no frame of reference uh for the musical. I've never heard no. a I never heard one song. The only songs I've heard are the snippets I heard in that last trailer, which kind of play some of one song, I guess. Uh fans of the Broadway show knew the song when I put it on our TikTok page. They were like, they named it. Um, I was like, all right, cool. That, hmm. Does it sound so I, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I'm seeing it tomorrow as of this uh, recording, uh, okay. early screening. 
And um, some people have who have gone to screenings that started last Thursday said it's actually pretty good. Uh, I, I haven't heard any, haven't heard anything bad about it uh, just yet. Um, I also heard uh, Renee Rapp, who plays Regina George. Everyone is very happy for her to have this moment, I guess, because uh, you know she okay. uh, was associated uh, with the uh, Mean Girls musical from 2019 to 2020, and uh, now they want like she was also on the uh, the Max series, the the Sex Lives of College Girls, which is uh, still running, I guess, too. Uh, apparently, she's got a big voice and is a big performer, and they're like happy that she's going to have this moment finally okay. uh, with Mean Girls. Um, predicting this one's going to be rough. Um, oh yeah. I, oh pre- oh, predicting it's going to be rough, not. Predicting that it's going to be rough, I see. Okay. Oh no, no! I actually think <laughs> it. I actually think it will. So it's funny that I'm seeing this with my brother tomorrow because I was like, "Do you want to go?" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever. I'll go see it." He's not really okay. a musical person. I don't, where do you stand on musicals? Where do I stand on I, them? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen many musicals that I've enjoyed. Um, there's, okay. but on that same note, there's been some that I just don't think I would enjoy, so I've just avoided them. Um, but okay. no, I'm a fan of most of the ones I've seen. Like a big fan of Sweeney Todd. No, um, I love that one. Yeah, so you thought sweet. Um, now I'm blanking all the musicals that I know. Uh, La La Land, I love. That's like one of my favorites. La La that's great. Um, uh, Grease is good. Grease. Oh my god, how can I forget that? My mom would curse me. I love Grease. Um, <laughs> um, even I, the I second one, really... I'm a lover of Grease too. Oh, there. That's a. Mm-hmm. I so I, I haven't seen it in so long, but yo, know, that movie. People that love it ride hard for it. It's, they, there's they... some better songs <laughs> in that than there are in the original. Michelle Pfeiffer is awesome. Cool Rider is such a groovy song. For that. <laughs> anyway, that's an aside. You had a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I recommend it. If you haven't seen it in a while, check it out next time you see Grease. Um, I have never seen Les Miserables, but I really am not interested in seeing it, mostly because of what I've seen from Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Hathaway is good. It's a small mm, part, though. She no Oscar for it. Mm. Um, yeah, the Russell Crowe. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> I've never I, seen. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> that looks fucking horrific. Uh, hairspray, hairspray is good. Never seen really hairspray. Like hairspray. Hairspray is a lot of fun. Oh, um, High School Musical. Speaking of Zac Efron, I actually dig those. Those were huge when I was growing up. Uh, I saw the third. The third one was the only one that came out in theaters. I I remember I took uh, my brother. It was like a field Aww. trip for his class to go see it. Nice. Um, and they already knew all the songs already. So I was like, uh, I was like, how interesting. <laughs> like, how, Those are fun. How, how, uh, yeah. So yeah, but what we've learned lately is that some musicals lately, even when they get good reviews, like In the Heights was one of the best reviewed movies of the year that when it came out, did not do well in theaters. Uh, then you have some that did bad reviews, like Dear Evan Hansen, also flopped. Even though there's like that's big, a musical. They're big. Yeah, it is, and it's not. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Dear Evan Hansen as a musical. Like the music's not that good, and I'm not. It's not my vibe, um, okay. But, but apparently, it didn't really work. Yeah, it didn't work as a film adaptation, apparently either, and it bombed. Um, that's What's why we've been making studios? jokes that, like, yo, know, right? Oh, what were you saying? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. With uh, um, just what with studios being like ashamed to like promote musicals, like Wonka being an example. This, I feel like they're, I don't know, like, I feel like you should sell your audience what well, you're giving them. I think so too. I think what happened was there was a period where the musical kind of came back and they were making money when you had like Moulin Rouge, Chicago, uh, even no, Les Miserables made a lot of money. Uh, right. Hairspray made a lot of money. 
you know, but then I think lately they just haven't made as much as they hmm. previously have. And I think there's a assumption that it turns off a certain uh, portion of the audience uh, who don't like them, who don't really like musicals. Um, right. All the tra- all the trailers from Wonka. I mean, I knew it was a musical, but like if you were to watch some of the trailers, you would never guess it was. No, the exactly. teaser trailer. Oblivious. Yeah, the teaser trailer for Mean Girls has music in it, but it's very brief. And then the second official trailer was it looks like just a straight up remake of the actual movie and not a musical. Right. So, I mean, but despite all that hiding that in the marketing, uh, it's tracking to open at $27 million. It's also, uh, also very smartly opening over MLK weekend. So it's going to have an extra Monday to, uh, pull in, Mm -hmm. uh, some, some money, uh, to put that in perspective, this is not adjusted for inflation. Of course, uh, mean Girls, the 2004 uh, movie, opened to 24.4 million dollars at number one when it opened in 2004. Uh, that movie ended up ma- uh, grossing 86.1 million dollars domestically and 129 million dollars worldwide on a ninth, hmm. on an 18 million dollar budget. Um, 18 million, wow, in 2004. Jeez. Yeah, and not like and not like a lot of huge names in that at the time. No, like, not at the time. I guess it's, no. uh, I guess Lindsay Lohan was like after, that was after Freaky Friday, but then like okay. she was like, commanding like a huge like paycheck. I mean, not like that, right? Yeah, Rachel McAdams, of- Rachel McAdams was new. Uh, Amanda Seyfried was pretty new. Lacey right. Chabay was on TV, but like she wasn't like a huge star. Lizzie Kaplan wasn't a huge star. I was like, where did that money go? A lot of them <laughs> went on to have successful careers, but yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, Lindsay Lohan would have been the draw at that time, but that's way more yeah. than I would have guessed. Yeah, huh. um, I don't know where to guess here. I don't either. Um, I, you know, the, what they're saying about the tracking and why they think it's tracking so high. They said that they could tell from like online social media, like the viral marketing is really working and it's resp- and the target audience is responding to it. Um, okay. They think they That's honestly important. think it will be our our first big hit of 2024. Uh, hmm. So there's that. Um, I well don't know. I, I you know what's funny because like there are people in my circle that are dying to see it but i'm also not in that wheelhouse with the target audience that would want to maybe okay rush out to go see it so um i mean you're i mean your age group might be in the in that wheelhouse still yeah probably definitely yeah um because like well i mean i everyone that i know that loves it was very young when the first one came out but it's one yeah. that caught on middle school high school it was very much popular and even still, like, see, me and a couple of my good guy buddies, like, are shamelessly, like, love Mean Girls. Like, one of my good friends, Ben, like, yeah. just genuinely loves Mean Girls. It's hilarious. Like, we still quote it around each other sometimes. Um, yeah. But I know, I'm sure most of my friends that love the original, like, probably have no idea that it's a Broadway musical and would probably be put off about it being a musical like this one. Like, I'm sure that's probably yeah. lost on a lot of people. Um, if it's only competition. That's my, that's my theaters, concern. Right, that's, that's what like, I think. Like where we'll, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking that could yeah. be a factor. If it's only competition at the box office is Night Swim, I'd say it stands a pretty good <laughs> chance. Jesus, <laughs> I saw fine. that last It'll week, and it was it was a, I saw like a group of guys, so it was a good for laughs. But as a horror movie, yeah. it was god awful. But Trash. I don't know if it has any other meaningful competition. So I think that might be why I'm leaning. Oh, I think the, I think the Beekeeper with Jason Statham. Oh which yeah, I don't know anything about. Yeah. Other, other than the trailer it. seems like a generic Jason Statham yeah. action movie. Even if it's good, I don't think it's you know going to be groundbreaking. 
Um, yeah. My mind, like, I think you're right, or whoever you're quoting about it being one of the first big hits of the year. My brain wants okay. to go 30 and go above tracking. I don't know why. Oh, there you go. Wow. So let me just right, do it because I don't have a better, I don't have a better justification here. I'm just going to go with my gut and go high at 30. 30? What do you think? All right. I'm like, ugh. I can't, I don't want to go higher than that. That's, that feels lofty. Uh, right? Yeah, I know uh, it does. Yeah, I agree. Higher, but 30 actually sounds like right on the money though. Like if it like were to like overextend and like really. And it's got an extra uh, day. It does have an extra day, and it also like and how quickly word gets out if something's good. Like if yeah, the embargo lifts. I think the day after I go see it, and if like reviews are really good, and people who go see it on opening night, even that Thursday preview night, and they get the word out that it's actually really good, that could actually mm. be good for a thirty plus opening weekend. You know, I don't want to copy you. I'm gonna go. I'll go twenty eight. Okay. I'll so go slightly above track. tracking. Yeah, yeah. I'll so go slightly above tracking. Twenty-eight million dollars um, for Mean Girls, and uh, we used to do this a lot when we were doing the predicting box office, and I fell off on it, and that was my fault. Uh, we are, of course, going to ask you um, when this episode drops, uh, you know, on our socials, what you think the opening weekend is going to be, and then uh, we will share some of those answers because we used to get some really fun all over the place numbers for some of the movies that we uh that we were yeah. predicting for uh and i hope to start off this year strong because I, I i can't remember we were you know what we should keep, we, I, keep tally that was so off that it's the first <laughs> of the year let's keep tally of who's yeah. like you know closest and all that and keep record yeah yeah for sure and we'll see who's gotten you know have the best record all in good fun uh of yeah course. of course friendly competition yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah, so we'll be asking you guys uh, where you think it's going to open at. And as far as like just the box office results uh, for this week, Wonka is still number one uh, at the box office. Fourteen point four million dollar uh, weekend uh, has made one hundred sixty four point six million dollars since opening uh, in December. It's approaching five hundred million dollars worldwide. So good for Wonka, uh, the biggest hit of Timothy Chalamet's career, unless Dune Part Two overtakes it in March. So we shall. Wow. Uh, we yeah. shall see. Uh, it's made more um, than Doom Part One, eh? But I guess the the pandemic, yeah, yeah. the pivoting didn't help. Yeah, uh, Night Swim uh, did manage to open to I believe twelve million dollars. Uh, twelve million too many. Uh, it's a fifteen million dollar budget, so there's that because it's going to have to do something to, uh, <laughs> you know, get out of that whole C cinema score that I received from opening day audiences. Oh, C is and, generous. And I believe the last time I looked, I forgot. I mean, when I looked last week, it was at a 33%. I'm going to see if it <laughs> drops any. Yeah. Uh, a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it has a very, very low Rotten Tomatoes score. That's appropriate. The, uh, the audience score is also trash at 44%. So, I mean, I guess it has the benefit of MLK to kind of soften the second yeah. weekend decline blow. But this movie is going to fall like a ton of bricks. Uh, all we will say is that Megan, this is not for Blumhouse. Um, oddly yeah. enough, though, we didn't mention this. Uh, we were going to talk about it, but uh, this isn't an Atomic Monster Blumhouse production. They have been teasing, testing the waters. Uh, they did um, uh, this together. They teamed up on Megan together. They've officially merged now as one power uh, uh, producing company. I'm just going to say, if you're going to do this full time, just I haven't seen Night Swim. I'm just basing it on what I've heard from <laughs> someone I trust on here and what other people are saying. 
just try to pick better horror films to represent your now merged. Yeah, company. agreed. Uh, just because it's January doesn't mean it has to be a January uh, style horror film. They can still be good. Um, yeah, exactly. Just want to point that out. This is not um, one of them, though. Not uh, Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom, uh, ten point six million dollars. Uh, it it crossed, it hit one hundred million dollars, but that's not anything great because domestically, uh, because uh, okay. it has a really big budget. Now the worldwide gross is at three hundred thirty-four point eight million dollars, oh, so it won't be the lowest grossing comic movie of the year. But um, considering that the first one made a billion dollars worldwide. Uh, that is a huge drop off. They're thinking that um, it'll make a little over four hundred million dollars worldwide. But considering the delays, how big the budget was, the marketing, oh, and boy. what you need to make, and what you have to make to break even, I don't even know if it, if it breaks even, it'll just just be breaking even. It, I mean, I on paper, it it'll, might so. break even, but I mean, as far as a studio cut, not even close. That that ship is sunk. I think in terms of like what theaters will take, distributors. That the yeah. DC's lost on that. That's huge. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, could have seen it. I saw it coming a mile away, but I yeah. haven't paid attention to the box office life of that movie. But that's bad. That's what happened. That, that, that's what happens when you like hope for the best. You're like, hey, it's the last one. We'll just fling it out there <laughs> and see what happens. I'm sure James Gunn uh, is regretting. And you know what? I'm gonna that announcement. Just a lot. But he, and you know what? I'm, I'm sure he's also happy to put. The DC EU behind. Well, he was even a part them, of it yeah. for the whole time, but which behind him. Uh, and I'm sure Warner Brothers is too. Uh, I'm going to clean this one up from last week and eat a little crow because I mentioned that uh, anyone but you, based on like how much they like promoted it the way they promoted it, which is, you know, we're hot, we might be dating uh, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. Um, it had a $6 million opening weekend when it opened December 20, uh, 2022. And it played okay during the Christmas stretch, but I guess people are like, maybe they were busy, they were watching other movies because it had out of the Christmas releases a pretty good hold. In fact, it went up nine percent in its third and its and its third weekend, nine point wow. five million nine point five million dollars in weekend three. It's now made forty three point seven million dollars domestically, approaching fifty five million dollars worldwide. This is a $25 million movie. So this is going to be a decent size rom-com hit. Okay. Uh, and, and we don't see a lot of those anymore. So, uh, so yeah, I, you know, last week that looked pretty dire and uh, yeah. it looks like people are just dis are discovering it now. And okay. And uh, good for uh, the romantic comedy. Cause like, you know, I think the only way they work is if you have like a, a pretty unique hook and I guess pretty people in it. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. are, are 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 you just push out Julia Roberts, George Clooney, Sandra Bullock? I mean, you can only do that for so many that. years. I think uh, those years for uh, so long. Like, you got to find replacements, <laughs> yeah. but definitely not you know uh, the dominating genre that it used to be in decades past. But yeah, good for them. Yeah, and uh, I know you don't know much uh, about uh, a lot about the color purple, but I do. I do want to ask you. Uh, its box office trajectory has been really weird. So it had a really big. Christmas Day, $18.1 million, which was huge uh, for just one day. But it hasn't been able to maintain any of that since opening Christmas Day. It's had mo the most declines uh, of all the movies in the top 10. Uh, it's made $54.6 million. It's a $90 million budget, though. Um, they said there's still hope for it to get a boost on MLK Weekend, and maybe if it gets some SAG and Oscar nominations. But 
Um, it's got good reviews. It is a musical. Okay. I kind of wanted to ask right. you why, if you thought, like, if you had any reasons why it maybe it, why it hit so well at first and then uh, um, kind of dips. So I don't. Fast. I I don't really know if I have much. Maybe just competition around um, the holiday season. I don't know yep. that I remember much of the marketing being very effective. Like that, maybe that's I could be wrong about that, but I don't. I don't think I saw a single trailer. I was at the theater quite a bit in December. I don't think I saw a trailer for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe unknown, like maybe lesser known cast. I know there's definitely some some bigger names in there, but maybe not amongst like casual audiences. Maybe that wouldn't have recognized some of those names. Perhaps yeah. I'm not really sure if I have a concrete answer, but I didn't know about its box office trajectory at all until you'd mentioned it. But yeah, it yeah. was it was one of those things where the the good news was like, oh, 18 million dollars on Christmas Day. I think it, it had like the best Christmas Day opening uh, since uh, Les Misérables, which is oddly enough another musical. Huh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, and that was huge news. I mean, I, they said that the pre sales for the movie were huge for that day. And hmm. then I and then it's just fallen off since then. Uh, their the reaction to the movie is positive. I I'm trying to figure out the nicest way to say this. I really don't think it's hit outside the demographic because the audience for the movie has been predominantly African American, and I don't okay. know if it's really and I don't know if it's really hit beyond that. And that I could see. be part Def- of the problem. I think so. And 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 I and that's, that's just facts. I mean, like you know. Certain movies just appeal to certain demographics more than yeah. others. Uh, the the Broadway musical that on which this is based is huge. It was a big Broadway musical, but you know, again, this is one in its marketing that the trailers I did see did not hide that it was a musical. It was very obvious that it was hmm. uh, one. Um, there were some people that were confused that they thought they were just remaking the Color Purple that Steven Spielberg directed in the eighties, um, n- not knowing that there was a Broadway music adaptation. Um, right. I and I also think missing like the Golden Globes. As in the best musical com- comedy category, also didn't help. Yeah, right. Uh, it probably could have. probably could have used a boost from that. But yeah, if it gets some SAG uh, attention, I mean, this is a big ensemble. I mean, it seems made for like the SAG ensemble cast award. And then if it gets some Oscar nominations, I mean, it has Steven Spielberg behind it. It has Oprah Winfrey. It has like a lot of power players behind it that would, right? You know, help help out in that regard. Um, also, I'm surprised that's a $90 million budget. Um, yeah. That's I mean, I know that's not big there. in considering. Yeah. I mean, I know we talk about big budgets, but like, this doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would. That would need that much. That huge budget. Right. Huh. I think the biggest name in here is Taraji P. Henson. And there are, there's other good names in this movie. They're just not like big, high profile. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, but yeah. Um, Hopefully it rebounds. I mean, I don't, I don't like to see any movies fail, especially if they're good. I I have my screener. I haven't watched it yet. I should watch it before I do my top ten list, but I can't imagine it's going to make my top ten. And if I no. be happy to be, I'd be happy to be proven wrong. Um, right. There just was a lot of good stuff out. Yeah, exactly. It's so. a bloated, you know, theatrical time of the year. Not yeah. so much January, but December when it premiered. So could be a reason. I mean, two yep. musicals to the box office at the same time might be a tough sell for audiences too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it could be a lot of factors in there. But uh, yeah, that is that is our box office report. Don't forget to, uh, we will send out our, our socials for you to predict the uh, opening weekend for Mean Girls. Uh, also, holding ourselves accountable, we will start taking a tally that we will like 
see who's doing the best in predictions right. uh, throughout the year. Uh, we're going to make the box office predictions way more consistent, even if there's something that, like, oh, I don't, I don't really care about that. Mm. We'll pick it. I will pick one. If there's a couple big movies that we don't want to just pick one, we'll pick two. It's going to yeah, change why not? Like, uh, yeah. week after week. For but, sure. but the box office uh, is something that we think we can do that's more interactive with all of you guys listening. And it's also fun for us to uh, predict the box office as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm, look- I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, you know, box office was down 18% from this week a year ago when Megan was the number one movie, 30 million, $30.6 million. So it's not good to start down, but I think, you know, no. there's, it's, but there's a lot of possible recovery to come. Yeah. Uh, even though I feel like we don't get a real big, big movie until March 1st, and that's June part two. I think February mm. is also kind of like maybe some minor hits, but not like uh, nothing massive. And so, no, I agree. It's definitely we're in that first part of the year is a lull. And uh, unless something sneaky gets dropped, I think, yeah, yeah. March 1st is really our big first hit of the year. Um, unless yep. Mean Girl surprises, but yeah. Nope. We'll see. Well, without right. further ado, you know what time it is. That wraps up. Uh, yeah, time to close the show. Oh god, and right. I forgot what episode number it is. What episode number is this now? This is 143. 143. Well, thank you guys for joining us for episode 143 of Back to the Blockbuster, where we went over our first uh weekly recap of the news. We are gonna start doing it kind of this way because hey, we don't want to miss out on big news, and it feels like sometimes after we're done recording, something will drop as soon as we hit that end recording button and we're like yeah. fuck we didn't get to like talk about that so this is a good way of like grabbing some of that news that we missed throughout the week and kind of making it current for us and also hopefully making it current for you so we hope you enjoy the new format let us know if you uh enjoy the new format as well it felt really good uh doing it right now with you it felt much more uh as we've I been agreed. trying to do more uh, organized <laughs> than we've done it before yeah. uh we promise so and delivers we promise more organization and we plan on delivering that. Um, as always, thank you for uh, checking us out and listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods. Um, but our uh, podcast network is Playlist and they have their very own app, the Playlist Studio app, which you can now get uh, as an Apple user. And uh, if you have one of those pesky droids and you're a Samsung uh, <sighs> user as well, if you have green bubbles, and you mess up your don't chat, you can also <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you, can, you can also get it from uh, your play store as well. Uh, Playlist has been very good to us, uh, very good at cranking out those last few episodes uh, from last year that allowed us to not have a break in episodes, uh, and that we were very grateful for that. And they work very hard, so we wanted to continue to promote them as well. Uh, look out for a lot of uh, really cool episodes coming down the pipeline. We're going to be talking about our. Uh, 10 uh i guess we're gonna do 10 10 top 10 yeah. of uh 2023 um we might throw in some least favorites too i know some people think those are in poor taste they think they're rude so we'll i will find a way to like say it without making it sound like you know the worst movie of the year and you know, right it, yeah you know you have to you have to hold certain filmmakers accountable and like make sure that they That's right put out a, put out a better product so we have that jackson has a year uh anniversary coming up and i actually will put out on our socials too questions for he said for the show as a whole but like if you have questions for jackson uh send those into i don't know if he wants the whole episode to be about him <laughs> so uh we'll mix we'll mix it up 
Uh, and then we have our most anticipated uh, for 2024 and our first anniversary episode of Varsity Blues coming up as well. So January is jam-packed on top of more award season stuff. We got SAG nominations. We got the G, uh, the DGA nominations are coming out on Wednesday. So that'll be something that you'll hear on the weekly recap next week, most likely. Uh, so yeah, a lot to do in January. We're hitting the ground running and we are very excited to bring you the best possible show that we can bring you. So thank you as always, Jackson, for bringing your A game. And uh, thank you all for listening. It's been great. Flawless execution. Thank Thanks you. guys thank for you, putting Judy. in again. And we will see you guys next week. Until then, take care guys. Peace. All right. I feel good about doing that one. That was. Oh, yeah. Killed it.